Hello and welcome to the 178th episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them how they made their start making games, what the influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on themselves, and in the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Stormworks, Build and Rescue by Sunfire Software. Dan. Hello, how are you? Who are you, and what do you do? Uh, so I am, I guess, uh, the kind of creative lead on Stormworks, um, although we're quite a small team, so I, I, I do a lot of programming as well. Um, and I'm a video developer, and we work on Stormworks, which is a search and rescue building game. So a search and rescue sandbox game where you, you build the vehicles that you then go and use on these missions. It's, it's brilliant. Um, the amount of creativity and, and what you can do with this is just, you can lose yourself, which is great. I love losing myself in this kind of stuff. And it's just, it's a, a whole optimization, I find, trying to get the best, do the best thing within the time allowed. And that kind of thing. It's great. It's great. Um, so how did you make your start making uh, video games? Um been at it for just over six years now i released my first game just over six years ago it's tower defense game okay um, what was that uh terahedron it's on it's on steam okay um, and it's on ios as well Excellent. On iOS. it released on pc it was back before you could actually get your game on steam if you were if you were non-published it was very very difficult right days uh, of green light Oh um, yes, I remember those. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was selling it off my own site for for about a year and a half before they started Greenlight, and then I, I went through Greenlight and, and managed to get it on Steam. And of course, the start of the life of the game kind of started then. But um, yeah, uh, before that, I was a uh, I wasn't actually um, game developer. I was, I was I trained as an architect, so I used to. I've kind of got a bit of a design background. Um, did you? How far did you get with that? Was it? Did you do both your degrees for architecture? Or you just did the one and no, no, all three, all three. I got a professional practice as well. So good heavens! Yeah, I'm uh, qualified for registration and stuff. But um, I've always been always been into games. I think when I started, I was I was 14, and it was the the era of Half Life mods. Mm. Um, and that was that was. Uh, it's the magic of games for me. It's the um, it's the it's the wonder of, of how that was done and and kind of entering the world and just letting yourself be absorbed by this kind of artificial world. It's um, a great way to get into it, isn't it? That that aspect of like, oh yeah, we just, just delve into. Um, you know, most people have done all the hard work. Let's see what we can mess around with what someone else has done. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, I think modding is like more important than that. I think modding is about moving games forward as well. I think no one realized this. Everyone thought, oh, it'll be cool to, you know, we don't have to do the work on our game anymore. We'll just let the community kind of delve in and make the game that they want rather than involving us and, and us having to do all this work. Mm. But what's happened is we've had major revolutions in gaming and all of it has come out of mods. Like, you know, recently you're looking at um, Battlegrounds, which of course was battle royale mod for armor 3 and h1z1 yeah uh, you know he's, he's a modder and yeah no uh, yeah i mean so this is so much so much stuff's come out of mods and i think um counter-strike hello yeah exactly like you know every every major 
thing on on Steam recently has been well, I say recently, ever since they started they started Steam on the back of Counter Strike exactly, and you've got Daisy, of course. No one kind of expected that to happen, and it outsold the Armour Two. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. And uh, don't forget, of course, the great granddaddy of all mods, Dota. <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you may you may disagree. There's probably older ones than that, but that's the one that is cited the most as being, uh, maybe not the most, but it's cited as being an extraordinary example of taking a very basic, um, not ba- a very good RTS, and say these heroes, let's bring them up a bit, let's make them more interesting. Oh wait, <laughs> and lo, here we are today. It's just a simple yeah. idea. But that's the thing about game development or any concept is it's the simplest ideas. Like, what did anyone else think of this? Yeah, <laughs> it's just how ideas happen. And the big studios aren't aren't making these risks. They're not not exploring game design in the same way. No, they're so, not. No, they're just happening in the mods. It's- yeah, this is this is exploring loop 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 loop, uh, loop boxes at the moment, which is we should stop. <laughs> it's not helping anyone. You should stop. You know, they're they're not making any friends at all. I don't know what they're doing. I don't think they do either, which is the problem. But uh, so, any any other mods? Because I knew someone who did Battlefield too back in the day, or and they did they, they helped with the um, the desert combat sort of mod. That was an extraordinary thing. Did you? delve into that realm or is it just basically half-life and and stuff i I played around with half-life one once but to be honest i was kind of like kind of disappointed with myself you know because i never managed to finish anything Mm. Um, and it wasn't until i kind of made the leap and and put myself under the pressure of quitting my job in architecture and and just basically saying well i'm just gonna i'm just gonna this is what i'm gonna be and i'm just gonna do it full time and it just being a crazy plan And, and and that was it. I just sat down and started making this game. And I think it was, I was kind of mm. leaping out of the plane almost, you know, I just made the commitment. I was, I was going to, um, I was going to get a game done. And, and that, that's been it now. I've, I've, I've never looked back, but bef- before then I just couldn't finish anything. You know, I'd have all of these unfinished starter projects. I think, I think a lot of, a lot of you listeners probably know what I'm talking about. It's kind of like, you know, it's, I was really good at one end of the project, which was concepting and getting excited about it and starting working on it and exploring the feasibility of it. But then, like, the next phase is really tough to get through. And um, Implementation, just getting it, making it work and making sure the whole thing follows. And, and mathematically, everything's balanced. It's, it's, yeah. tor- it's torture. <laughs> it is. It is. So, what did your former colleagues make of this? Did, did you like? Oh, yeah, I'm going to stop doing Octet now. Just can make games now. Did they? Were they perplexed? I'm just curious. I mean, no, I don't think anyone believed me. I think I think they worked for someone else. I thought I used to go to another architecture firm or something. Right, right. What, uh, boss did. My, my boss, my boss didn't believe me until I, uh, until I sent him a link to my to my game like a year later. <laughs> <laughs> it was like. Oh, you actually did do this? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I don't know. I was just winding him up. Yeah, I'm putting him off the stand. I don't know. It's just the horror because you know it's quite extraordinary how we take it for granted because we think games are so massive, but it's not actually still a lot of pushback uh, against the, the culture and the, and the the medium. Sadly, um, and uh, you know you have to be cautious sometimes. 
uh, sadly. Um, not not so much as not as bad as it used to be, but it's still still a little you know, Still got it's still got pushback and resistance from from it, which you know we we can but do what we can to make that better. And it's definitely Stormworks does a lot of that. There's the sheer amount of ingenuity you can invest in it, and there's definitely influence from the modding because of you're building stuff to do other stuff. It's great. Um, so, as a creator of things, then, and obviously you studied a particular field, so you might this might be easier for you to answer, or I do not know. Is what do you think you find is the biggest influences that you find yourself anchored to? Ah, oh, wow! I don't know. I think I think I I just love stuff. So I think everything is. Uh, when I see something I love, it becomes a game in my head. I think, and and I start to kind of borrow ideas from it and I, I apply that stuff to to other ideas. I think for any game I've made, it's it's always a, a big, big pile of different different influences. I think for Stormworks, um, the majority of the game just came out of playing too much Kerbal Space Program. I think. Um, as, you know, a lot of people love that game, and, and I I absolutely love it. Um, I think one frustration I always had with it was that you kind of get to the point in the game where you kind of do what you set out to do. If, you know what I mean? So the magic of Kerbal, of course, is that there's a magic of sandbox games, Minecraft, and, and whatever sandbox game we're talking about, is that the player is setting their own ambition. They're, they're setting their own goals in the game. They're not having um, uh, things... Uh, forced upon them they're not having um being told what to do uh they're just given a world and they're saying right you know here's some parts start playing and 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 the strength of that is of course that then the player is making that commitment to themselves uh, to do something and it's so much more powerful than the game asking you to do something and the player commits and and that's how you get these hundreds and thousands of hours of gameplay out of a game where a player is committed to 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 do something that, that, that's really big um mm. but you know, it's the risk in that is always that the player can can do what they set out to do and the the urge to carry on playing just just evaporates and that was always a disappointment for me with Kerbal is that i would i would get to that point or even in minecraft i'd get to that point as i like, oh, i've done it now like you know i could set myself an even bigger task or you know there's, there's the world suddenly feels goes from being this incredible endless world to actually be in this very flat world uh in terms of feeling and that's because you've completed the the thing and there's nothing else to do mm. Mm. with you finding a new task for yourself or or finding new inspiration to your your imagination so i think with, with stormworks it was about taking the 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 magic of sandbox but then adding a little bit of framework in there as well and saying there's stuff going on in the world and you don't have to but you know Here's the suggestion of the narrative: is that you are running a coast coast guard service, and you've got to, or you don't have to, but there's the opportunity to test your designs. Um, so that that was that was the the, ma- the major influence. I think was the the Kerbal Space Program stuff of putting these putting these building parts together, and then going through this kind of build test loop where you 
you you build something, you take it into the game, you test it, it doesn't really work. You go back to building and you modify it a little bit, and you just kind of iterate it. it it's almost like game design, almost like certain certain stages of the game design process where you're just playing the game, changing it a bit, playing it again, changing a bit. Um, and it's, it's it's an addictive an addictive loop, addictive process. The act of creation is an amazing thing, and when you're given tools and tools that are uh, um, manageable and not not unwieldy that's the trick isn't it is actually to 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 to, to be able to give the player the opportunity to, to grasp the tool understand the tool and go okay now you understand the tool or if you go and use it uh, and, and within a framework which we're going to give you uh not going to be not going to be constricting but it is going to be enabling you know what i mean so that's what I think you've done here, and that's what I think Kerbal Space Program has done and has always done. The difference being is you're flinging poor, unsuspecting people <laughs> into space <laughs> in, in, in the vain hope that the, the rocket won't blow up. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, once you've got to that, of course, it turns out there's, there's your little solar system, there's, or there's your moon, and then there's the larger solar system, and there's, there's even more exploring it becomes like a very kind of technical challenge almost or you can just build your space station or whatever you want to do yeah there's a as a as a board game it's quite famous for for not not particularly um positive reasons although it depends on your point of view it's called high frontier have you heard of it i've never been i've never really got into the into the board games too much but i used to I used to live with someone who was, who was massive on board games but i've not heard of that one no so high frontier is try to imagine a board game about space exploration, which does actually use Newtonian physics to move the ships around. Really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you have to slingshot around celestial bodies to get to other celestial bo- Oh, God. Thinking about it gives me a headache. Yes, you have to measure fuel consumption due, um, and then uh, measure that against weight, and then... Oh, oh yeah. Anyway, oh, like- myth stuff you've got to look up the values and stuff or yeah i can imagine how that 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 mechanic would work just for your own edification just look it up just after the end of the show just (laughs) have a look and then 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 write back to me going chris why why (laughs) (laughs) it's 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 a real thing high frontiers and and answer the question yes i have played it uh and once just once and whether i'll do it again i don't know i'm still still sort of recovery from the experience but yes, Newtonian physics board game. There's a first. Probably a last as well. <laughs> uh, but no, it does use a lot of the Kerbal Space Program kind of stuff where you're slinging poor, unsuspecting people across the across the sky. Um, um, yes. So, I think, yeah, you, 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 great, great answer as well. You, you're fascinated by stuff. It's great. So, my next question... Uh, to you, um, this one may be difficult to answer because you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But the answer, the question is: uh, What developer do you most admire in the industry, and why? I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a good question. I think there's a lot of developers where they make a game, they play that game, and they just go, oh, "I just wish I made this." You know, like uh, it's it, it's when I think the game is. Beautifully made, but very simple at the essence. 
Um, so I'm not, I'm not gonna. I don't think I'm gonna list any, any AAA developers that I think it's. Um, you know, it's 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 the potentially the. Oh, just to, to pick one. I mean, I don't want to say the obvious one of Sven Larsen with with uh, Limbo, but because that's that's too obvious. I'm sure there are games I have. I have played more recently that have just blown me away. Right. Uh, but you, you, I don't know. Do you know? Do you know that feeling where you just you just play something and you're like, wow, how did they? They think this is so simple, but so well done, and you're just completely absorbed by the world. Mm. Like, yeah. That's uh, that's a, it's a special moment. A very very few games manage to get me like that, but. Um, when they do and it's a new experience it's like fantastic I'll, I'll jump in later I'll be like no that was the person that, that's the that's the one to do another another obvious one I thought Firewatch was just was just a fantastic surprise yeah I, I was travelling around in Boston when that came out and I was playing on my Mac and um, it's great more than great it's just the whole human interaction, the empathy that you feel throughout the whole game, that's what made it for me. I just didn't understand how it worked because I thought the story was great, but it, it wasn't the whole experience. And they had me just, just walking around, and I was loving it. I thought it was yeah. the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> I was just walking. It was, it was crazy. But, you uh, were literally just, sorry, not literally, figuratively walking along uh, a forest which is beautifully so beautifully rendered that he actually could do photo sort of make p- postcards from the game as you play it and um yeah it was the sound the sounds it's the sounds just the crunching of the the, the, the twigs and the bushes as you walked on them and yeah and i actually liked the characters i liked them i actually wanted to know more about them yeah okay um so my last question to you for this first half um so well done you made it (laughs) made it for the first half um the last question uh i jokingly say i've got to ask this because you know it's a video game podcast so this is it what are you playing right now um well uh a bit ashamed to say. So I have been playing a lot of Battlegrounds, a lot of Battlegrounds, and I think I'm done with it now. Um, okay. Uh, it's just, it's just one of these these first these these nine things, you know. As as a consumer, hmm. it's kind of an annoying game, and the problems with it are obvious. But as a developer, it's just infuriating. It's just infuriating. Like sometimes people email me a bug, and I'll. I'll patch the game the same night, you know, and and to watch this this game with such painful problems that the developer just is unable or refuses to fix, but still there six twelve months later. Yeah, I, it's just it's just infuriating that. I, I mean, to, to I'm, I'm sure my friend didn't come up with this, but I've, I've, I've my friend I play with says, but imagine if it was good. <laughs> it sums it up pretty well. Imagine if it was good. It's because we've already spent hundreds of hours in it and yeah. loved it. But imagine if it was good. <laughs> I um 
I what I love about it because it's um it's it's PUBGism. Uh, I said it before on the show. Sorry, everyone. Take a drink. Uh, it's a muzzle flash game. In that, if you see a muzzle flash, you're probably be dead, um, or you're going to get hit by something. Because it's based on, like you say, the soldier sims, as I call them, the armor series, and that's what they were. The modern weapons they can fire very, very far. Uh, and uh, I just love the sound design in PUBG. I really do. I think it's, uh, I think it's a triumph. And the directional sound design in that is is incredible, and that's what you know. You you hear. Well, so say again. They're straight from like the standard that they that was built up in 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 the armor series of games as well. And there's some um, there's some amazing armor mods that go even further with the sound. I've, I've yeah. played some crazy armor mods where the sound design's incredible. Excellent. It's just the act of you don't see people; you hear them first. Typically, not always. If you're in far distance, you see a couple of dots running across and silhouetting themselves because they're idiots. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Oh, you haven't played this before, have you? You know, <laughs> you know amount of times I've had to tell in people that's... far away a shot is as well, just by the type of sound rather than the volume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The amount of times I've had to tell like teammates, like, let's go up on that ridge. How about not? And let's not go up on that ridge. <laughs> you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell I'm a fantastic player. Imagine me, imagine me at Left 4 Dead. I was a ball of fun. Let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, just go running off. Let's not. Let's not. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> a, good, a, good, a good teammate. Better than the other type of teammates, I think. I think. Yeah, maybe. Better but then, running off. Like, uh, I'm going this way. Bye. Yeah, it's like um, no, no, you're not. <laughs> it's just, um, it's uh, yeah, it's the it's the the high pitch condescending sort of like sort of passive aggressive, but actually saying, please don't. Just, I'm being very polite, but I'm actually saying through gritted teeth, please don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I. That's one of the reasons I stopped playing that because you know blood pressure. <laughs> so, just well, well that it, it, it never as a game made your heart race so fast. Yeah, player unknowns battlegrounds final circle. But yes, I know it's, it's been over talked about. <laughs> it has, and you know we could, you know we've had many developers talk about, you know it's it's the mobas and then it's gone on to the battlegrounds games or the battle royale games. Uh, it's it's cyclical, isn't it? But uh, all I say is, well, WoW's still going. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I mean that that's it, and and you know, PC games aren't new, and no. stuff like this is still happening. Where people yeah. are like, wow, we didn't realize we could make games like this, yeah. and games yeah. that did this, and games that make you feel like this, and yeah, that's, that's it's pretty exciting. It is, and we live in excellent times. I do genuinely believe that when it comes to games. You know, uh, and I, I want for little, want for little. Like I'm going to say that. Mm. Anything else before we move on to the second half? Um, I, I am playing. I play one other game, and this is this is a bit embarrassing. This is a a 15 year old strategy game called Spring. It's an open source strategy game, and I play the Balanced Annihilation mod, which is the which is the popular one. Spring. And, uh, yeah, it's a total annihilation um, oh. style strategy game, but they they open sourced it and then they um, 
it's extremely scalable. So it's it's kind of like a Planetary Annihilation I played. Um, I didn't play Supreme Commander, but it's that, it's that kind of thing. Okay. But it's got a pretty hardcore community. Okay. Uh, pretty intense. Um, I, I was waiting for you to say, like, Dwarf Fortress, but I think that's older than 15 years. I can't remember. I, I never really got to Dwarf Fortress, but I, that, that's something I can watch videos about and stuff. And <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those games, though, where you're probably it's probably a bit safer just to watch the video because yeah. you don't yeah. want to get into it, and you, you certainly don't want to spend the, the, the two, three hundred hours it takes to learn the game. No, and uh, it's, it's that and uh, EVE Online, they're the two games who go, that's fun, all right, you're there experiencing that. You keep doing that. <laughs> I I like, you know, having a, a you know, not another job. <laughs> so, yeah. let's, let's leave it at that. So, yeah. And school who, um, who was basically at three hours of sleep a night for, for many, many months because he was playing... Planetarium is that it? He called it PA, but it's Planetarium, isn't it? It's uh, it was the web browser based game. Do you remember that? I've heard of this. Yes, it was okay. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. Uh, it exploded very quickly, and then yeah. they, were, they couldn't monetize it, and it kind of grew and shrunk and yeah. changed owner and stuff like that. But it was uh, it was an Eve Online, but in the browser. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Okay. It's at that point you just you know it's one of the reasons I stopped playing WoW is all I could see is the two all I could see is the code. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, and I'm gonna press this button. There you go, there's the numbers going down. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I actually no, I was I was a healer, I would actually lead raids from the back as a healer. Not a not not a good idea, everyone. And uh yeah, yeah, and uh I was playing whack a mole. With lots of little green bars across my screen. Oh, look, he's going now. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> awesome. Oh, a really simple, really simple mechanic. Not not an advanced game at all. But the context somehow just made it magical. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, that's that for the first half. Let's move on to the second half where we delve deep into Stormworks Build and Rescue. question isn't a question it's what's known in this show as the zeroth question and yes that's an asimov reference um although i'm not going to talk about those terrible laws of robotics which don't work if you think about it not very hard um i'm asking you sir dan please tell us what is stormworks build and rescue well it is the sandbox vehicle building game where you operate a coast guard search and rescue service and you're on Tynet Island on your own, and um, there's 
all sorts of disasters and crises or just people who need help or will pay you to go and take care of some uh, logistical problem. And you've got a wealth of components that you can build a path and a block-like editor to build boats, ships, helicopters, planes, um, submarines, and whatever hybrid or else you can uh, you can think of um and it's very physics based uh everything is is very physics driven we've got our own physics driven water simulation and um that that's rather advanced to the point where um you know you can build a a, a very good boat or or you can't and i actually when i was when we were building the system i wasn't quite working properly I was trying to figure out why and i ended up reading uh, quite a bit of of naval architecture <laughs> of naval ship design and, and when i started building my ships right all of a sudden they started working <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is funny um, isn't it physics uh, it's weird because yeah, you get these little like behaviors and like physical like force feedbacks and stuff in the in mm. the boat. Of course, you you tweak where the propeller is or where the rudder is or the shape of the hull, and all of a sudden the boat will will glide through the water more smoothly and stuff like. That. Yeah, it's very very physics based. Yeah, um, yeah, that's fantastic. And uh, yeah, it's also quite like, logical based as well. We've got a little bit of the. I mean, if you're familiar with scrap mechanic. There's a similar kind of like um, logic linking system there, but we've got a very, very different set of, of kind of components that you'll, you'll link up. But mm. you can build kind of simple circuits or computers or, or whatever you like. Excellent. Well, I couldn't put it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so here's the first design question. So brace yourself so it gets harder. Um, but uh, relatively speaking. So I find Stormworks Build and Rescue fields off the concept of altruism and that you're basically Thunderbirds only rather than just for f- how many vehicles do they have? Five? Yeah, you have thousands, <laughs> potentially. Um, how has this informed the design? Because that's when I say altruism, I mean the, the role of the player is to help others. That's their desire. That's their that's the trigger. That's the thing that they you know the the act of helping others. So how do you think that's informed the design of the game? Hmm. It's kind of I'd, I'd say as well as as well as helping others. I think to, to put it at kind of a higher level, I think mm. you might describe it as solve logistical problems. Okay. Um, so in in that sense, we are looking about um, giving the players this rich tool set that we, we were talking about before where um a way of building a vehicle might be part of the tool set or it might just be a type of block that we can give the player which becomes this this rich tool um and then we look at, at how we can build the world out so that that is that one half of it of allowing the player to build stuff that's behaves in very very different ways different sizes different functions and then the other half of it is building this world with with very um rich diversity of of problems of logistical problems whether there's something going on under the ocean or on the surface or in the sky or far away or near to you or there's a time constraint um or it requires a great deal of precision um 
of course, will then inform the the design requirements, and you kind of quickly find yourself as as the as the vehicle designer in Stormworks, um, becoming I think engaging with with a design as a as a skill and as a craft, um, in that you you quickly as as you iterate through you you quickly understand the the difference that you can make as a player in the quality of your design and the uh, the quality of the vehicle and the functionality uh and the the improvements that you could make to the functionality and the efficiency and so on uh, of that vehicle in, in a similar way to to Kerbal Space Program of course the inspiration we're talking about before in that um you know you can make small changes that can vastly increase the range of your spacecraft um and we're looking at, at that kind of mechanic on the, the vehicle editing side, and then we're having fun setting interesting places and problems in the world for the for the player to engage with. Um, uh, but a lot of it is as well making exploring different scales, um, and uh, because in, in Stormwatch you can have very small craft, but you can have very large craft. But it's all made from the same kind of size of block. Um, so when you do make something big, it's like making something big in Minecraft. You know, there's there's a lot of blocks that need to go down. Um, but so I would I would I would very much boil the, the design methodology down to those two halves, as a, you know, in the simplest form of saying, make it easy to make interesting things, and then make their interesting problems to solve. Which leads me on to my next question. I'm I'm, I'm good at that because I build these. I design these very. I think about them very carefully. Um, vehicle design can be quite overwhelming. You know, when you're given a blank slate, a tabula rasa, if you will. How have you made this approachable in uh, Stormworks Build and Rescue? Oh, I'll be honest with you. So, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll list our good points. I'll list the kind of the darker side of the game design in, in a moment. I think the um, obviously we start the player off with a, a nice tutorial where they they basically. Uh, being taught what is possible so we start the player off with a uh, tutorial boat and it's basically finished they just need to put a few extra blocks down and then they need to link up the logic and then we just talk them through using the tutorial boat and so we're just kind of putting those basic foundations down and then in the career mode uh, you basically finish the tutorial in the career mode. You don't really have that many components to start with, so you just kind of earn the components as you go through as a, a monthly reward or an end of mission reward, um, and and so on. Or you can find them in in, in the loot boxes that aren't, aren't paid for. They're just uh, you go up to them in the game press E and it gives you something. <laughs> no paid keys required. But, mm. Uh, you, you, we, so we're introducing players through that, but then you know players can go in creative mode and, and just jump in the deep end as well, um, and that isn't necessarily a good thing for for the player experience because as a, as a developer you're trying to um, almost I guess kind of rationalize rationalize the the problem of, of training your audience and you know that some some people will have played Minecraft and Scrap Mechanic and Kerbal Space Program or all of them. And some won't, and so there'll be only a little bit to learn, or there'll be a lot to learn, depending on 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 who's playing your game. You don't want to leave one end of your audience stuck and unable to really progress in the game. And it's um, 
it's uh, it's a challenge, um, mm. and it's you. Uh, I think um, may fail. I think in the career mode, it's it's fairly well frameworked so that you start off with a small edit grid, so you can't try and make a boat that's too big uh, for a, a starter boat. But then you can go and buy other edit grids that uh, are larger. Um, we unlock the components in tiers as well, so you'll get introduced to helicopter components in tier two or three, I think it is, and then large ship, advanced robotics, and so on. So you're getting introduced to these concepts one at a time, and we're starting you off small. Um, but also, a lot of a lot of it is just trying to make the game look approachable as well. Like from the screenshots of the game, it looks like quite a, f- a friendly um, kind of simple colorful game that you might associate with um not so much minecraft but maybe there's the um what's the the free minecraft style zombie survival game because we keep coming up unturned we keep coming up and the um youtube automatically decides that any stormworks video is usually unturned which is (laughs) (laughs) yeah you haven't got any brain-eating zombies in in uh, stormworks that's very strange but uh yeah, that's interesting. We've stayed away from the photorealism and we've got a very, very stylized artwork, but it kind mm. of suggests it's kind of like colorful and friendly, kind of approachable kind of game. Yeah. Um, which, yeah. yes, gives, makes the player kind of approach with a guard down a little bit, um, which I mean, I helps in, in, in many ways, but it's not really what you would call making your game easy to play. It's just kind of hiding that your game's actually quite hardcore. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me somewhere spiritually of um, Badger Kazooie's Nuts and Bolts, which has a similar, you, you you build stuff, crazy vehicles, and then go, this won't work. I don't know if it will, though. Let's give it a shot. So, yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. It's, um, it's kind of, yeah, a little bit of a, like a surprise. Like, she kind of got the, like, the crossed over IP and stuff. So it's it's not necessarily what you'd what you'd be expecting, but it's um, it's I guess introducing like a, a the, the mechanic in a in a kind of different context, and you you, you approach it with your with your guard down. It's uh, it's a surprise. <laughs> yes. Speaking of surprises, my third question is about the environment. Mm-hmm. There are weather effects and things like that. And uh, as you'd expect, because it's not, you know, rescue, when you're rescuing something, they may be in trouble because of a storm or something like that. How has the environment impacted on the design of each scenario? Well, we um, are a little bit hands-off, actually. Um, we, we try not to make presumptions when we're, when we're designing the game, I think. It's, it's been a big a big head change for us coming from um, more kind of narrative-based um, rails, more kind of on-rails type games to come mm-hmm. to Stormworks, where I think the first year and a half we're constantly saying to each other, no, that's not how the player might want to solve this. You know, we don't want to say, oh, the player's obviously going to use a boat because we don't know that. You know, that they the, the player can do solve the problem however they want so kind of stepping back from that um it's it's we kind of don't really 
like the scenarios the when the mission spawns it doesn't have a set weather attached to it or anything so the weather's just whatever the game has forecast and the game's got kind of this weather forecasting algorithm which modifies the weather and has like a five-day forecast that you don't get to see we might might have that in but at the moment it's just like there's a hidden kind of five-day forecast and the weather kind of steps through um and it's actually the the weather's actually quite kind of simple and straightforward we've just got three variables we've got wind speed we've got rain and we've got fog but of course when you kind of multiply three variables together you're going to get a a large it's a three-dimensional kind of space that the weather Mm. the weather can be in so there is a lot of a lot of variation a lot of different moods that that kind of get created but there's nothing particularly um uh inspiring that in terms of gameplay though the, the one that makes the difference is the wind speed uh, the fog and the view distance, I guess you could say, makes makes a, a difference. But the wind speed makes a, a really, really big difference because that's what drives the size of the waves. So if you're flying aircraft, wind has a big impact. Yeah. If you're in a boat and it's windy, yeah, it's a different you, game. You it's climb a, out, yeah, you're going up inside of a, a wave. It's almost mountain mountainous, and you you don't want that. You know, it's 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 dangerous. You know, you could actually drown yourself before you rescue the, whatever you're trying to rescue. Um, <laughs> you know, it's that you don't want that. Um, although you carry on. No, I was I was just going to say that the the wet the wave the wind is actually we, we kind of played with this a little bit and we've made it so that um, the biggest waves are in the deepest water. So when right. you go you go really offshore, that's where it gets really choppy. Onshore, mm. the waves are a bit more managed to scale, so they're mm. not quite as big and, and quite as out of control. Um, right. And then uh, we've also kind of. Um, so we've kind of brought it so you can just basically try and stay near islands it might be a longer route but you could potentially do it but also i think a big part of the game is just the player making this connection that that's not good weather and maybe like a real search and rescue service that you could actually say well it's the weather's not good enough we can't go out <laughs> yeah this is too dangerous it's like what's the point we'll, 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 we'll you know yeah it's the that's that's incredible. So yeah, there you go. It's, so, as far as you're concerned, you don't design uh, scenarios based on a an event. It's just uh, the 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 environment is just a variable. It could be good, could be bad. You don't know. Exactly. It's just, just completely random. In the mission system, if this isn't currently the case, I think our plan was to make it so where certain missions might only spawn in in the bad weather. So, for example, you know, if there is a storm going on, then yeah a boat might capsize or the kind of events that you might associate with bad weather. Mm -hmm. Um, But otherwise, yeah, I mean, we're the world is the world and, and your own experience when you play the game is, is unique to you. And I think in in that sense, it's actually quite limited to just saying, well, there's this one dimension that's the weather. And then there's another dimension, which is the world seed and the missions that spawn. Um, But when you start adding, these different dimensions in it, it does it really becomes a, a unique kind of personal story that that uh, becomes your game absolutely and the emerging gameplay is uh is, is rife throughout stormworks it just it seems to be designed for that kind of thing because it, it, you don't know what the player is going to build to actually meet the criteria of this particular mission you have no idea you assume they're going to do something like well, actually no they're going to you know and it might be 
Uh, I'm sure we've seen some crazy stuff that the users have done so far, but I just want to ask you a uh, final question then. I know all good things come to an end, but uh, last question is um, how have you struck the balance between you know, vehicle design and the rescue mission? So, or the mission or task, what have you. So, of, there's there's one thing optimizing a vehicle, but then there's optimizing it for it to do a certain job. Do you see what I mean? Mm. Um, that's 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 interesting. I think I think again, my my, my answer is kind of similar. Is that from a design point of view, I think when you start binding these aspects together, you end up constrained in a very tight place so we try not to connect the two elements together and just deal with them separately um so that they kind of don't start constraining each other and we say look the the relationship between the vehicle designer and the missions is the physically simulated world and the 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 physics of the world is the physics of the world you know we'll we'll balance the physics so they make sense and so boats can sink and they can float and they can be good and they can be bad and planes can work and not work and so on and but that's like it's the it's the 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 problem space for vehicles interacting with physics so that that's i guess how the 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 two systems start to line up um i suppose in the mission a lot of players don't play the missions as well a lot of the players just are just playing um the the vehicle design and they're just making vehicles they're cruising around the ocean in them. They're uploading to the workshop, um, and they're just having a blast discovering kind of what's possible in our vehicle editor. Mm. Um, but then I think for the the game really is 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 also as is the way that the game is meant to be played. I think is this career mode where these missions are spawning. I think they are given a at least they used to be given a, a difficulty criteria. So as you play longer, the the missions become more difficult, um, and I. think think our plan they see we've we've got a lot that we want to do on the mission system still um every time we work more on it we we get excited about all the mission ideas we're having um but also like that how kind of like uh, specialized the the missions we could be so we're looking at adding certain missions that only become enabled when you buy a certain type of island because that island will be the island that's good for making submarines or the island that's good for making helicopters and so on um and so we'll kind of start to spawn particular types of missions that um suit better the new tool set or to put it another way spawn the missions that you wouldn't be able to do without these new tools for you to to play with and and understand so i guess there's there is a an intentional link there but we generally do try and be quite um, from a design point of view, kind of hands off. We like to think about the missions as missions. And when we're talking about missions, when we're talking about the, the vehicle design side of it, we might just mention a few components and say, oh, we should introduce these new components that would be generally useful but really good for this mm. um, and stuff like that. So it, I think it's it's simpler it's simpler than, than, than you would think. I think um, it's just, you know, it's just design. It's just working our way through the problem and and trying to always be stepped back and and, and looking at the bigger picture of of what the game is and not let ourselves get too close to the the detail because i think when you start to get too close to it i think that's where it's easy to get confused between what 
you're expecting the player to do and what you're forcing the player to do. Yes, especially in a game like this. Especially, in, uh, it's uh, you don't want to. The person who's playing this and enjoying this kind of experience doesn't want to be led round uh, by the nose. They don't want that. Mm. And uh, you're striking that balance. That's what I was trying to get at. Is you don't want to force feed them, but you can give them gentle nudges. Like this might be. I don't know. Maybe just saying. Um, this seems to be a good idea, isn't it? Yeah. Well done. You just thought that up. Well done. Okay. You know, without being patronising, it's, uh... it's 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 real. It's real. It still works. You know, it's. I think I think a big part of game design is about giving someone that experience and it it making making them feel like they literally just just thought of that solution independently and yeah. on their own and, and they're unique in thinking that up and then they realise they're actually playing inside. And everyone comes up with the same solution. It's the only solution for the puzzle. And, yeah. and, and you know, there's, there's no better example of, of that being done well than, than, than Limbo and Inside. That, that those, those guys are absolutely getting that right. But with Stormworks, if you do something good, you, it's, it really is good. And it, it really is amazing. You can look at the workshop and, and see if, if other people have, have managed to make a, a vehicle that quite does what your vehicle does. Um, but I think also, you know, I've I made the game and I'm not really good at it yet. Um, <laughs> I've, I've done some cool stuff. I'm pretty pleased with the stuff I've I've done. But it really is the game that you can spend 500 hours in and be like, wow, you know, I've I've started to scratch the surface here, but that's it. Like, I really, you know, you get to like the 500 hour point, you're like, I could put two, three thousand hours into this before I really kind of like start start getting to understand the, the full of degree of the mechanics and the full degree of what all the components can do. Mm. Mm. Well, we thank you for making such an extraordinary experience. And uh, it's available on Windows, PC, and anything else? Or I was looking, I couldn't see what other platforms it was on. Is it still Windows, PC? Uh, PC and Mac. PC and Mac. There you go. Yeah. Bad well. steam. I didn't see the Apple icon. Let's have a word of them. But um, no, it's like I said. Thank you, Dan, for for sharing your experience and chatting about the the the, uh, the design and creation of Stormworks uh, Build and Rescue. It's out now for Windows PC and uh, Apple Mac, as we just discovered uh, or clarified, I should say. And uh, yeah, Dan, it's been fantastic having you on. I hope you got something out of this. Yeah, no, I, 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 I got to talk about myself and my own game. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> there you go. Massage the ego there. Excellent. Uh, you, you've been a fantastic guest. You're more than welcome to come back to chat about your next venture, whatever that may be. Uh, but in the meantime, thanks very much. Thank you. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review. And you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there. You just look up the Sausage Factory and you can find us. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me, any feedback on the show or actually you're a developer you listen to this show and want your game featured on it please do email me at chris at spong.com also don't forget to check out the computer game show which is the stablemate podcast should we say of spong.com bye <laughs>